Hello and welcome to another Voice of Wealth podcast. My name is Charlotte de Capoisson. On this show, Ed Sheng, Global CIO of BNP Paribas Wealth Management, will give his views on UK equities. Hello, Ed. How are you today? Hello. I'm very well, thank you, Charlotte. Every dog has its day. International investors have shunned UK equities since 2016. What's more, there are a host of reasons why investors should avoid the UK, one of them being Brexit. I know that people in the UK have a pessimistic outlook for their own country. So, Ed, despite the negatives, can you explain why you have a preference for your UK equities? Yes, sure. So, first of all, I believe that it's a contrarian value opportunity for the long-term patient investor. So, what does that mean? If you are a value investor investing for the long term, you typically invest in quotes when there is blood on the streets, i.e. when everyone else is pessimistic, because it is exactly that pessimism that drives down share prices to an attractive level for the long term investor. That's where we are today in the UK, exactly as you mentioned, because of the aftermath of Brexit and, of course, the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic, amongst other things. Now, these effects will not weigh on the economy forever. That's the most important thing. Yes, of course, they're very important today. But we are already starting to recover with the reopening of the UK economy from the pandemic, first of all. And we see strong growth and recovery in employment coming from that. And we expect over the next few years to see the current disruptions due to Brexit, for instance, over customs and trade to be reduced over time as companies and the country learns to adapt to these new ex-Europe circumstances. If we compare the US and UK stock markets, the composition is very different. The US is very tech heavy, while the UK is weighted to oil and gas, mining and financials. So shouldn't I just invest in the US since it represents 60% of the global stock market and has a high proportion of growth stocks? Well, Charlotte, it's absolutely true that the US stock market has outperformed the rest of the world, including the UK since 2008, i.e. since the great financial crisis. The last 12 years have very much been 12 years in favour of the US and in favour of large cap growth stocks in the US such as Google, Amazon, Microsoft and others. However, these phases never last forever. Over the long term, value has been shown to outperform growth as an investment style. So this 12-year outperformance by growth is actually relatively unusual. With inflation coming back and picking up to above trend levels of late, I believe that this is going to benefit the cyclical value style and this tends to favour the UK, which has a high weighting towards these sectors. Now, of course, this has not been a good strategy since 2008, where the UK has underperformed the rest of the world. But I think that after more than 10 years of underperformance, the stage is set for long-term outperformance over the next few years. Ed, you mentioned the lagging UK stock market performance since 2008. But if we look back at the period between 1990 and 2008, there were two strong runs, weren't there? That's right, Charlotte. So like a phoenix being reborn from the ashes of a fire, the UK had two very strong runs after the early 1990s deep recession, which saw inflation go up very sharply. And indeed, interest rates reached double digit levels in the UK. You had very good performance for the UK for nearly 10 years after that. And then again in 2003, in the aftermath of the tech bubble and bust, you again saw the UK enjoy another four to five years of very strong performance before the great financial crisis. And over those two periods, the UK outperformed both the US and indeed the rest of the world by quite some margin. And I think this is what we could be storing up in the next few years. The UK stock market is today the cheapest in the developed world. So why is this relevant to investors, in your opinion? 
For a simple reason, when you look at the academic studies and certainly the work by Professor Schiller, who won a Nobel Prize for this type of work, it is clear that stock markets, which have a starting valuation which is low, subsequently perform typically very well over the next 10 years in terms of total return performance. That is, prices going up combined with dividends being paid as well. Now, today, the US is actually very expensive from a valuation standpoint, price earnings, price book or other valuation metrics, for instance. That suggests that over the next 10 years, the US could have very low expected returns. In contrast, the UK, because, as you said, is the cheapest amongst the developed markets on a range of valuations, including PE, price to book and others, actually should have a much higher expected return over the next 10 years. That doesn't mean anything for next year, but over the next 10 years on average, the UK is indeed very well placed because of its starting valuation. Despite the negative factors, namely Britain's exit from the European Union and COVID-19, can we really say that the UK is set for a strong recovery? Absolutely. Why not? Because we could probably argue that the effects of Brexit are probably close to being as bad as they're ever going to get, number one. The country will adapt to its new circumstances outside of the European Union over the next few years. Companies and the country actually in the past have shown very strong powers of adaptation. There's absolutely no reason to doubt that this will be the case yet again. The UK is already recovering from COVID quite strongly with the reopening of the economy, thanks to the fact that 70% plus of the population have now been vaccinated. And on top of that, you actually have very close to full employment now following the exit from furlough. And I think actually, if you look at the financial sector, despite Brexit, it remains pretty buoyant in the city of London. So there are some very good reasons why we can expect strong economic growth from the UK over the next few years. Is your preference for small, medium or large caps in the UK stock market? And sector-wise, what do you like? First of all, in size terms, Charlotte, although I believe that large caps will do well, I actually believe small and mid caps will do even better. Now, historically, over the last 20 years, this has been the case that small and mid caps in the UK have vastly outperformed large caps because of their better sensitivity to domestic growth conditions. And I think that with domestic growth looking to remain strong over the next few years, mid and small caps are primed to benefit from that. On top of that, we see a second factor that is really helping small and mid caps, which is that they're getting taken over. Because of the weak sterling as well and low valuations, the combination of these two factors is driving private equity interest and overseas trade buyers' interest in UK small and mid-cap companies. So they're getting bought up by foreign companies and by private equity funds at inflated valuations, which of course is very good for the shareholders who happen to own those companies. That is another strong support for small and mid-cap. However, at a sector level, if you believe inflation will remain higher for longer, which is certainly my belief, then I believe one should be invested in sectors that benefit from higher bond yields and higher inflation rates. These include oil and gas, mining of financials, namely banks and life insurance. And I think those are the sectors that we would prefer across Europe and certainly in the UK today. Thank you very much, Etching. Etching is global CIO of BNP Paribas Wealth Management. And to our audience, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. To be sure to receive our audio content every week, please search for BNP Paribas Wealth on the podcast platform of your choice, such as Apple Podcast, Podcast Addict, Spotify or other podcast providers. <laughs>